Everyone in the first half of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is clearly revealing to his disciples that he is the Messiah. He's revealing to his disciples that he is the Messiah, and he's primarily doing so through his works, in the the words of St. James. Through his works, he's revealing that he's the Messiah, curing the sick, raising the dead, causing the blind to see, the mute to speak, the deaf to hear. Jesus is revealing to his disciples that he is the Messiah, first half of Gospel of Mark. However, for his disciples to grasp that Jesus is the Messiah is entirely different for them to then understand what it means to be the Messiah. Did you catch that? It's one thing for Jesus to reveal that he is the Messiah, but it's an entirely another step for them to understand what this means. Let me explain. Five simple words halfway through the gospel today, Mark chapter eight shows a significant shift in Jesus' approach in his public ministry. Five words. He began to teach them. What? That the Messiah that he is, is entirely unexpected. So that begs the question, right everyone? What did it mean for Jesus to be the Messiah according to Jewish understanding? You've heard this before. What were the Jews expecting in their new Messiah, their anointed one? One thing, to restore kingship to Israel. For the last 600 years before Jesus, Israel had no king. And they wanted a king like David that would restore unity to the country of Israel. They had no king, and in fact, they were being ruled by whom? Foreign nations, foreign powers, at the time of Jesus, the Romans. So what the people of Israel essentially envisioned the Messiah to do was a singular task of restoring unity to Israel by being a new king. And how would he accomplish this? probably by power, by violence, by war, by the sword. Could anyone have imagined that this Messiah would instead be a humble rabbi from Nazareth who would go from village to village, curing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons? The answer is no. And then the shift that Jesus makes is not only is he the Messiah who travels from village to village curing the sick, but he's also going to suffer greatly and be rejected and be killed. For them, this whole idea of a Messiah who would suffer was entirely foreign to them. It's not foreign to us because we know the gospel and we've been hearing it our whole lives. But for them, they could not have expected a God who suffers? A God who enters into human suffering? A God who would not be a powerful king? Totally unexpected. In fact, Peter himself and the other apostles were not expecting him. So what does Peter do? He rebukes Jesus. Stop talking like this. Don't speak like this. And Jesus turns on Peter, and in a sense, everyone turns to all of us, and says, you are not thinking like I do. You are thinking as human beings do. Then what does Jesus do next? 
He extends this fact that he is the suffering servant and he invites his own followers to also take the same pathway, which is incredibly difficult for us. He then says, whoever wants to be my disciple must do three things. Deny oneself, take up your cross, and follow me. Everyone, we call this the radical demand of discipleship. Do we have any awareness that Jesus does not make it easy to be his follower because it is not easy to be the suffering Messiah? And he invites us to enter into that. Does the Christian faith make any demands on us? Does it feel demanding in any sort of way? If not, is the gospel being lived in my heart? Because Jesus lays out clearly a radical demand for discipleship that includes those three things. Denying oneself, taking up our cross, and following him. Might I suggest this, and I need to do the same thing. To use those three things as a kind of examination for my conscience. Do I find ways to deny myself of comforts of this world, things that take me out of Jesus? Do I have a willingness to take up my cross to embrace suffering as a way of God somehow mysteriously sanctifying my soul? And am I living in close contact with following him and not letting anything get in the way of my friendship with him? I want to propose this weekend, what does that look like? What does it look like for us to take up our cross? What does it look like to live this radical demanded discipleship? And quite frankly, many of you know it much better than I do. Whether you're a parent taking care of a child when it's difficult, whether it's getting through difficult times in a marriage, whether it's grieving the loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, whatever it might be, the demands of discipleship are right in front of us. But it's essential for us to see that as part of our Christian living. So what does that look like? What is the image? I want to propose one last image for us this weekend that's probably on many of our hearts. Yesterday, of course, was the 20th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks. Might any of us need reminding that was the singular largest terrorist attack in the history of the world. In the history of the world, 20 years ago yesterday, 2,977 innocent lives lost. 2,977. Of those, 344 of them were firefighters, 71 of them were police officers. If you do the math, 14% of those who perished on September 11th were doing so in the line of duty. The image of this carrying the cross and following Jesus might be obvious enough. There's eyewitness accounts in the final minutes before the North Tower collapsed of people, business people mainly, that were working in the North Tower, coming down the stairwell, floor after floor after floor, getting closer to the main floor to exit safely. As they were coming down, these eyewitness accounts very vividly remember somebody and groups of people not coming down. In fact, going the other way, going up the stairs, firefighters and law enforcement personnel.
Here's what one of them said that made it out of the building that day as they recall going down. When I was walking down, they were going up to their deaths, and I was walking down to live. I will never forget this, they said. Another paralegal whose office was on the 88th floor of the North Tower said this, that image will stay with me forever. They were going where we were running from. Jesus says, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it.